Welcome to the Lend Academy podcast, episode number 175. This is your host, Peter Renton, founder of Lend Academy and co-founder of Lend at Fintech. Today's show is sponsored by Lendit Fintech USA 2019, the world's leading event in financial services innovation. It's coming up on April 8th and 9th, 2019 at Moscone West in San Francisco. We've recently opened registration as well as speaker applications. You can find out more by going to lendit.com slash USA. Today on the show, I'm delighted to welcome Jason Brown. He is the CEO and co-founder of Tally. Now, Tally are a very interesting company. They really focus on solving the, the, the massive problem of credit card debt in this country, but they're doing it in a different way to many of the online lenders. It's an app-based approach, and it's really, they describe it as, you know, it's kind of like a robo-advisor for debt where they help you manage your credit card debt. Or in actual fact, they manage it for you in ways that are optimal for you to really get debt-free. So we go into that in, in some detail. We, we, we talk about how their product works, their approach to underwriting. We talk about um, Tally Advisor, their sort of their automated debt manager. Uh, we talk about the scale they're at and uh, what the future holds. It was a fascinating interview. I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast, Jason. Thanks. Glad to be here. Okay, so I'd like to get these things started by giving the listeners a little bit of background about yourself and what you've done in your career before you started Tally. Well, this is uh, this is my fourth company, and I, I really wanted my fourth company to be something that was personally meaningful to me. And one of the things that has really stuck with me from my childhood was uh, our, our family just, uh, we had a lot of uh, financial stress. You know, money was always a problem in, uh, mm-hmm. in our life growing up. And, you know, even though I'm fortunate to have gone a, a different path than my parents from at least a, a money perspective, that, that anxiety and that, that feeling of uncertainty still is, uh, is there, that, that, that relic of, uh, of childhood. So when I met my co-founder, Jasper, uh, we actually built a previous company together. And uh, he actually was auditing banks for uh, PwC actually in Europe. And, you know, we were talking about how we could, you know, build something that could really help people uh, have a lot less stress in their lives. And we realized that uh, if you could build a technology that could, could automate the way that people relate to their money, so basically not only figure out what's best for them, but really do the financial work for them, you would have this, this unbelievable power to make people just enjoy their lives better, just uh, make the, the, the little moments be so much rewarding. And so we decided to uh, found Tally and started working on credit card debt as our first problem that we were going to tackle with automation. And so, and so tell us about that. Why, what was the sort of the aha moment or the, or the, or the, the, the force that sort of led to, what was the idea that, was, that led to it? Was this something that you, you saw others doing? Like, I mean, the way, the way you've approached it hasn't really been done before, at least not to my knowledge. And so what was sort of the idea that led to this? You know, we were we were actually thinking 20 years out, and what we were okay. thinking is we just said, uh, imagine the world 20 years from now. And our our belief is that 20 years from now, everybody will have this invisible and ambient service 
that is mediating most of their relationship with their money. Mm -hmm. So it's figuring out everything for you and it's, it's doing all the work. And what we use is our, our kind of prototype are rich people. So if you're ultra wealthy, you know, you might be in France, uh, summering there, uh, and you've got this team of people in some office park somewhere, and there's, you know, the tax specialist and the accountant and, you know, the investment advisor, and they're actually doing real work. They're sitting there in their cubicles and they're crunching numbers, they're moving money around, they're signing contracts, and they're only bothering the rich person in France when they need some kind of human input, like, hey, do you want to buy a house in Vail or something like that, right? And, and if you think about uh, software has the power to take that advantage that rich people have and democratize it and, and provide it to everybody for free. Mm -hmm. And we said, that's what the future is going to look like. So if that's the future, how do you actually build to that? Because obviously we're not there at this moment. And we realized that if we tackled a really hard financial problem that a lot of people were facing, that that would be a solid foundation for then automating the rest. So right. when we looked at all the problems to solve, we we're staring at a trillion dollars in credit card debt. Uh, just under uh, half of all households have about fifteen thousand dollars of debt, and there's no there, there's no real solution there for folks. And we said that's going to be the problem. That'll be our beachhead. We're going to go in and we're going to solve that problem, and then from there we can uh, start to uh, to automate the rest of people's lives. Okay, so so then let's dig into a little bit to what you've actually got today. And that is you're attacking credit card debt. You're providing people with, with a line of credit product to help them manage that debt. Why don't you sort of explain how, how it all works and the principles behind it? Perfect. Well, uh, it starts at the very beginning. You, you go to the app store. Uh, you download the app for free. Uh, you pull out your credit cards. You actually scan them in using your phone's uh, camera. You pass a uh, quick credit check. And from there, we actually give each customer a line of credit. But what's interesting about the line of credit is it's, it's exclusively controlled by our algorithms, and our algorithms only use it to make you better off. So the times where the algorithms will use your line of credit is, number one, is to protect you from late fees. So uh, there are $12 billion of credit card late fees every year in this country um, because only about 16% of people use auto pay for their credit cards. So the uh, line of credit allows us to step in for people and make payments if for some reason they're not in a position to, so we can guarantee no late payments. Second, it moves balances from high interest rate cards over to tally. So it will only move balances over to that line of credit when it saves people money from interest. And then finally, the, the way the algorithms work is they actually shave 10 to 15 years off of how long it takes somebody to get out of credit card debt because it's, it's, it's managing everything properly and it's helping shape the way that customers pay their total revolving debt so that we can get them out of uh, debt faster. Okay, so I, I want to dig into this a little bit so I completely understand it. So just let's just maybe talk through an example is like a typical customer might have four credit cards. You know, interest rates might range from like, you know, 24% down to, down to 14%, say, and they download the app, they scan the cards, and then, you know, they've got, they've got decent credit. They always pay on time. Mm -hmm. Let's just say maybe it was like it's $12,000 spread over these four credit cards. And do you, firstly, I guess, you know, you've got to decide how much line of credit you're going to give. Do you give someone the full 12000 or really do you say that they only really can, we can only really give them 5000 So, what? So I guess question is, how do you decide how much to give? And then what actually happens once you've given them? Do you, do you take over paying all of them or, do, or some of them? Or how does it work? 
Yep. So we have we have full underwriting and risk management, and it's all it's all automated. So one of the things that was I guess we underestimated is we initially thought it would take us about a year to build the technology to make this possible. And uh, we were only off by 300%. It took us three years. <laughs> and we actually had, had to build an entire bank uh, core from the ledger up. So every, every aspect of Tally's technology we built from scratch. And one of those components is uh, instant underwriting. So it takes into all your information from your cards, your credit file, everything, and it figures out hey, what is, what is a fair APR for you based on your credit risk and what's the right uh, credit size? So that varies based on people's credit worthiness. And let's just use the example that, that you gave us and let's just simplify and say that Tally uh, gave you a $10,000 line of credit. So what it would do uh, immediately is it would move over $10,000 of balances on day one from the highest APR cards. And I think you said they range from like 20 to 14 nine. So it'll, it'll, it'll clear out balances on the three with the highest APRs, and then it will move over 1,000 from the one that had a little lower APR and leave on 2,000, okay? So now you still owe $12,000 of debt, but 10,000 is now to tally and 2,000 is to your lowest APR card. What happens from here is you pay tally for everything, and then tally pays your cards. So you keep using your cards like normal. You get your points and rewards, and then you pay tally, tally pays your cards. So let's say that you spend on average $2,000 of new spend per month on your cards. Tally is going to recommend that you pay, let's say, $3,000 total. So you pay $3,000 to Tally. Again, Tally pays off the $2,000 of new spending, and now it can move over another $1,000 from, uh, from that card that still has a balance. So it's always the, the central hub of the spoke of your cards, and Tally's helping you figure out how much you should pay. And then it's always paying your cards and it's uh, perpetually uh, goes on and runs the algorithms every single day. So they don't have to, I mean, have you worked out with the credit card companies, you know, when you've got to, you've got to go in, log in, put in your auto pay, you have, you know, this, so you're actually, if Tally's paying it, then it's coming out of Tally's account, not the, it's suddenly not coming out of the, the customer's account. As you said, most people don't actually have automated payments set up. So I guess that's a mute point, but for, for most people, but you, for what you're doing is you are, are you automatically paying back that credit card? I mean, you obviously, you said it's all automated, right? So how does it, like, are you sending money to the bank each month for that credit card? We, so we actually are sending money to the banks potentially multiple times per month. So again, this is all about optimizing. So Every single day, the algorithms wake up and say, hey, can I move more balances from any of these cards over to Tally if it'll save the customer uh, interest? And, and what, uh, what customers really like is the fact that they go from before Tally, they have on average 48 due dates per year. So again, 48 opportunities to either miss a payment or 48 times where you have to do math and figure out how much can I pay, how much should I pay? And that gets boiled down to we make one recommended payment every single month for you. And uh, recently this summer, we launched a feature called Tally Advisor. And what's cool about Tally Advisor is it actually lets you collaborate with our algorithms to set a debt-free date. So it's the first robo-advisor for debt. And it's similar to like a uh, retirement date where you say, hey, I want to retire at 62, and this is how much money I need to save. This is similar, except our algorithms are actually helping you come up with a realistic date for when you can be out of debt based on your income all your monthly spending, your existing debt load, and then it comes up with a custom recommended payment for you every single month. And then you just uh, have to press one button each month, which is to say pay the recommended amount, 
or if you want to customize it, you can. So we really like to make sure that customers once a month can come into Tally and they can see everything and they press that button to uh, say, hey, I'm going to pay that recommended amount and then uh, they pay Tally. Right. So I guess the, the mere fact that they've downloaded your app and they've scanned their credit cards means they really, they're motivated to get out of debt, I imagine, because I mean, the temptation is, and we've seen this with some of the, the lending platforms where they, you know, someone says they want a debt consolidation loan and, you know, when you look at their utilization six months later, it's back to where it was. So I guess maybe you could give me a, a little bit of a, a profile, maybe even a little psychological profile of your, of your customers and how, how they're different to the, the general population. You know, I, I think, so I, I do believe that people come to Tally wanting a solution to their credit card debt, but I also think that people go to personal loans wanting a solution. It's just that, that personal loans get people into more, more debt. I mean, that's just the reality. And I don't actually know if it's because the people are different or because the mechanism is, is not actually helping solve their problem. The data suggests that people, uh, after they take out a personal loan to debt consolidate, are within 12 to 24 months, they are in substantially more debt. Usually, they've paid off their cards without personal loan, and now the cards are back to where they were. And, and it has to do with the fact that it's not actually solving the underlying problem. It's not helping them manage their financial life any better. Whereas Tally is saying, hey, we now have one central hub, one view, and we're going to help you set a goal for when you're going to be out of debt. And we're going to set a recommended payment for you every single month that's not only based on your debt load, but also based on your new spending so that we can nudge you to uh, make sure that you're, you're actually making progress collectively, not just moving you know, debt from one pile to another. Right. Okay. So then I'm, I'm interested in the behavior that you've seen since, since you launched. And maybe you could tell us when you launched. I know it hasn't been that long. So, but I'm curious because what I, what I wonder about is people want to get out of debt and they sign up for Tally and then they, they, you know, they, they say someone invites them out for dinner and they go spend a hundred dollars on an expensive dinner that they really shouldn't have and they can't afford then to pay. Um, so tell us a little bit about, are people sort of sticking to this kind of, um, firstly, are you seeing their credit card balances actually go down or, or how's it, how, what, what data have you seen so far? We've been, we've been really energized by, by what we've seen. So we've officially been live uh, for about a year. So we launched in October. So it took us about three years to build the technology and uh, we've, we've got a year of being live. And when we were in the beta phases, we played with a, a lot of different experiments. And the thing that we found most powerful is if you recommend people pay more, they pay more. And if they pay more, they spend less the next month. It's actually really interesting because they feel like they've, quote unquote, spent. So if I pay, let's say, an extra $300 towards my collective revolving and new spending, then the next month they feel a little poorer. So they seem to be more disciplined. And by just getting people to pay more every single month, we see them uh, spending less the next month. And uh, on average, our customers are on track to be out of debt 10 to 15 years faster than they were before they came to Tally. So we're really uh, energized by the fact that, that by helping people have one view and one recommended payment, we're actually shaping their behavior in a positive way. And our mission is to make people first less stressed and then secondly, better off financially. So, uh, so this is really core to our mission. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I want to I want to switch gears and talk about technology a little bit because you you mentioned you said it took it took you a lot longer to build this platform. 
and then obviously there's 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 lots of data points here. You know, tell us how you're approaching you know the underwriting, and I'm I'm particularly curious about. Yeah, artificial intelligence that uh, that is behind some of the models that you're building. Maybe you could give us a little bit of color on that. Well, let's see. Maybe it'd be helpful just uh, so the listeners know what our business model is. So the, the way that we make money is by charging interest. So it's free to use the app. We don't charge anything. We don't charge any fees, no late fees, no overdraft, no penalty. So we don't make any money off of any fees. The only time we make money is when we charge somebody interest. Mm -hmm. And the only time we charge somebody interest is when our rates are lower than the card rates, which uh, is in most cases, the exceptions being sometimes people have promotional offers for let's say six or 12 months and Tally is really smart and it leaves those balances on the card until that promo uh, rate expires. So what Tally is, is our interests are completely aligned with the customer and making sure that we are getting them lower rates than what's on their cards. The way that we provide lower rates is we're actually borrowing money from, from banks in bulk and then passing on those savings onto customers. And what we found is the way to get the cheapest money from banks is to actually have a more traditional underwriting model. Since banks uh, are uh, more likely to trust an institution that is using an approach to underwriting that they understand, right. then it actually turns out that it's better for the customers to have a more traditional model. So that's, that's the approach that we've taken. And we've actually seen in the last, I'm sure you as well, seen in the last couple of years, there's been more of a move to more traditional underwriting. There were a couple of years where everybody was talking about all this alternative data. And I think it's turned out to be that um, a lot of folks have uh, come more to the center and have a more traditional approach. Okay. So then that's the underwriting piece. And I feel, so I guess one, one thing on that, I mean, what percentage of the time or like, I imagine there are some people, even without like removing the promotional offer, I mean, you must get some cases where your, your rates are just going to, you know, either they've got a fantastic deal on a credit card or they're, they're loaded up on all relatively low interest credit cards. I mean, you, like what percentage of the time can you provide lower interest rates than what, what the customers are doing right now? You know, in, in the vast majority of cases, tally is lower than what the, the rates are on the cards. But there's certainly instances where somebody has a, a, either a promotional rate or a card that's just a really low APR card. And what's great about Tally is it's smart. So it actually still pays that card, but it'll only pay the minimum. And then when you pay Tally, Tally will allocate the right amount of money to the right card. So if you still have outstanding debt, that low APR card will be the very last one to get paid off. So we'll actually pay off Tally before that card, because it makes more sense to get rid of the higher tally APR than, let's say, this you know really low APR that you have on the card. So tally always does mathematically what's in your best interest, even if it's not necessarily in tally's best interest to do it. Mm, okay, and so when you've got like you've, you've said you've been live for a year and you're obviously in beta for some time before that, are you finding that this is really a, a set it and forget it? Are people are people really? I'm just wondering how much they're actually fiddling with things, whether they're trusting. Are you seeing like a, at the start people fiddling with kind of the way things are, like what your recommendations and, and, and like you said, you've got this tally advisor now, which really, you know, becomes like you said, a robo-advisor for debt. I guess what I'm, what I'm most curious about is, is a trust because this feels like it's, a, it's an exercise in trust. How soon, how quickly do people trust what, what tally is doing? Yeah, I mean, using Tally requires, I mean, you nailed it. It requires trust. Uh, you think of most finance apps, 
the home screens have lots of charts and graphs and data. Uh, maybe they'll have recommended credit cards to get or ads or things like that. Whereas Tally's home screen is literally just a picture of a person with their feet on the table with a cup of coffee. <laughs> That's it. There's, there, there's not a lot of interface because it's, it's, we've automated everything on the, on the back end. And, and what we've seen, the, the most surprising statistic uh, that we, we've seen is that we have 99% monthly retention of our customers. So once they set everything up with Tally and, and they get it off of their, their, their back, it's not like they want that work back. They're like, oh, I'm really glad that I don't have to deal with that. And so they are trusting Tally to do it. And one of the, the things that uh, we've seen is important is you can, in the home screen, you can scroll down, you can tap on this rocket and it fires up and then it shows you how much money you've saved. And we can, since we're controlling all of the money, we can quantify exactly how much money they've saved so far. And on average, we're, we're saving customers about $7,000. So we've, we've really focused our brand around showing results, like showing that we are actually doing this work for you. The, the payments are showing up your, on your cards on time. You're seeing savings. And from there, people check it about once a week. So they like to see the, the central view because they can also see uh, all the new spend on their cards. And you know, we've just observed that people like uh, taking a look about once a week. And then obviously once a month, you at least have to tap the button to pay tally so that we can uh, keep everything uh, running for you. Right, right. Okay, interesting. Interesting. So then how many, like how many states are you operating in today? We're in about 20 states and we cover about 75% of the population. Mm -hmm. And this actually relates back to uh, a critical early decision uh, because uh, at the time, most fintechs were partnering with banks. Right. So they would effectively borrow a bank charter and that would allow them to access the whole U.S. right away. And we deemed for ourselves, since we were trying to create this, this truly new customer-centric experience, that if we had to work through an existing bank that had old technology, that we really wouldn't be able to deliver the experience that we wanted. So we actually uh, decided to have the rather painful and slow route of going state by state to get licensed in every state. So we've literally been at it for three years and we finally got to uh, 75% of the population and we'll, we'll finish off the rest of the U.S. next year. But it's, uh, it's crazy how, how just like, again, if your goal is to have a screen with, uh, with, with not a lot of interface, then there's all this immense, uh, you know, uh, financial regulatory work you have to do, as well as technology work to uh, to make that experience possible for the customer. Right, right. So yeah, so you, you're going, you're literally going through one by one and getting your own your own license for each state. It sounds like okay. So yep. So the first time I actually heard about you guys was in an article by Ron Lieber in the New York Times, and it was. The timing was interesting because, and I don't know whether this was a PR push that you did or is this just something that came up, but, and it was obviously mentioned in the article, it came out just like, I think it was a week or two after the, the Lending Club issues of May 2016. And so I'm curious about, I mean, obviously getting in the New York Times with Ron Lieber is a massive win because huge readership. Was that a net positive and how, how did, how sort of did that kind of, impact sort of your, you know, your, the way, the way you kind of um, ramped up? That was a huge win for us. I mean, having the New York times, we actually on, on B1 on, on the print edition, which my mom thought was pretty cool. Uh, so, uh, you know, print, <laughs> print still, uh, still, still matters, at least to parents. And we, what we liked about that is the first generation of FinTech was more about uh, filling in the gaps 
that had been left by the big banks after the financial crisis. Right. But all these big banks had pulled back and then fintechs came in and said, well, hey, banks aren't lending there. I'm going to lend there. And so they jumped in and there wasn't really any technical innovation. It was just, hey, there's a gap in the market. I'm going to I'm going to fill that gap. The, this, the second generation is about true technology innovation and about doing things that banks just are not good at. They're not great at automation. They're not great at doing things that cross uh, the entire financial industry. They're great at doing things individually in their own bank, but not across institutions. And so this, this second wave is, is about automating people's financial lives. And there's a lot of folks that, that started on the investment and the saving side. And there's folks that have done some great work there. Obviously, we chose to start on the debt side, but but that's it's it's we've seen investors and customers really uh, gravitate towards companies that are trying to innovate on the technology and the experience uh, side of of things. And you know, we just announced our uh, Series B this summer, uh, which was uh, 25 million dollars uh, led by uh, Kleiner Perkins. So it brings our total raise up to 42 million. So it, we've definitely seen investors be be pulled towards companies that are trying to do hard things on on the tech side of uh, of things. Right. Okay. So I'm curious about. You've mentioned that you you borrow this in bulk from banks. Like so. How, can you just describe exactly how you are funding? Obviously, you, you're not, I presume you're not using equity to fund any of these lines of credit. Where are you getting your financing from? You know, one of the things that makes uh, this business model harder than it would be otherwise is the fact that there is this, this algorithmically controlled line of credit that's revolving, and it makes it a lot harder to fund. And so we actually, I don't know if you had seen the announcement, but uh, Erica Dorfman, she was uh, previously the co-head of capital markets for SoFi. And last year, she, she literally did billions of dollars of uh, transactions for SoFi. Mm-hmm. So we had her join our team to help build out the finance side of our business and um, to have a more sophisticated approach to doing the capital markets than we were already. And so we've, we've taken an approach where we're working with uh, small regional banks and we're working with uh, bulge bracket banks simultaneously to have them um, lend us money uh, so that we can uh, provide uh, savings to our customers. Okay, so and what I'm curious about the what is sort of the I mean, there's lines of credit, so there's no reason like an open ended term, but what is sort of a, a blended average interest rate that you're that you're charging your customers? Uh, you know, it's it depends based on every single person's credit. So Tally is pricing every single person based on the likelihood that they they will default. And what's different compared to the cards is. Most credit cards just charge a really high interest rate. So the average APR for people with 720 FICOs and above in the U.S. is over 18%. So they just charge really high rates, whereas we're actually saying, hey, we want to give you a fair rate based on your individual credit worthiness. And uh, so every person has a, a different rate, uh, with the average savings being about $7,000 uh, per customer. So we obviously can only make money when we save people money on their credit cards. So it really keeps our interest aligned with theirs. Right. Got it. Okay. So then you have, you know, I guess you're, you're really here in this, um, in the, you know, in the debt space and you're really focusing on that. But so who do you actually see as your competitors? Because you've talked about this as sort of just an entry point. And I, I really don't know anyone who's approaching this problem quite the same way as you, but who, who do you view as your competitors? 
You know, in the, in the short term, we, we don't have competitors. We actually view credit cards as our competitors. It's kind of interesting because Tally really separates the benefits of credit cards from the burden. So you keep using your cards. You, you know, get all the points and rewards. We're just making it so you don't have to worry about high interest and, and uh, late fees. But it's just so easy for people just to, even though it's bad for them, just to stay with the status quo. So there's over a trillion dollars of credit card debt, as I've mentioned before, because it's just really easy to leave it there. And, you know, downloading an app, you know, takes take some energy and obviously you have to trust Tally. So just getting getting people over that initial uh, hump is really the, the thing that's holding people back. And we've grown primarily uh, through organic word of mouth. So since we have such high satisfaction, uh, people tell uh, their friends about Tally and we, we uh, grow that way. In the long run, though, we think there's a lot of competition. We believe that many companies are working towards this, this end goal of a fully automated financial experience, and different companies have just selected a different beachhead. And so the folks that are doing automated savings or investing, uh, we think that they're, they're racing towards this fully automated point, as are we. So in the long run, we feel like there's, uh, there's a lot of competition there. It's just uh, right now, it's not exactly clear because everybody has selected different strategies, but uh, the, the strategies aren't, uh, aren't transparent yet. Right. I had Ken Lin from Credit Karma on a few weeks ago, and he he spent a good chunk of the interview talking about autonomous finance, which is similar to what you're talking about as well, where you know, really, if we can do autonomous driving, you know, managing finances is is a lot simpler than managing driving a car. And so we really, we really should be able to, uh, able to do that. And he, anyway, so I can see that this is, it's exciting times for consumers. That's for sure, because I, I can really see that, that, uh, there are going to be, you know, choices here for, to really get significant help in, in managing all areas of your business. So I guess we're almost out of time, but one last question. Like, what's next for you guys? I mean, you've talked about, you know, you've obviously got this, the credit card piece, which is a huge piece and there's a huge amount of runway there. And really until, until the credit card revolving credit numbers come down from, you know, you've below one trillion, there's a lot of, obviously a, a lot of help that you'll be able to provide people. But do you have like a logical next step that, that sort of fits in with that or what, what is, what is next for Tally? Yeah, so we're uh, with with the the Series B that I I mentioned. Uh, one of the key things is just needing to hire a, a bunch more engineers. I mean, we started this year at I think 15 people, and now we're almost at 60. So a lot of this has to do with just hiring a lot more engineers to be able to actually do do the 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 uh, build the technology so that that we can uh, expand outside of uh, credit cards. And we're focused right now on laying that next foundation to be able to um, broaden our, our product offering. And that's what we're, uh, we're focusing on uh, next year now that we're building out our team to be uh, much more robust. So no hints on what that's going to be yet. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to get my uh, co-founder, Jasper. He's our head of product. We'll have to get him on here. Okay. He, uh, he, he likes to uh, play it close to the vest on that front. Okay, understood. Well, on that note, we'll have to sign off. I really appreciate you coming on the show today, Jason. It was a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much, Peter. Okay. See ya. Bye. You know, we have this massive $1 trillion revolving credit card balance that uh, that keeps going up despite the fact that we originate billions of dollars in personal loans every year to help pay off some of this credit card debt. I think one of the things that I really like about Tally is that they're, they're addressing the problem head on and they're doing it in a, in an automated way. So it doesn't take, it sort of takes less willpower from the consumer. And I think that's really key. And Jason talked about that a little bit, but until we see that 
credit card debt go down. In fact, we were we were joking after after we stopped recording. We were joking afterwards. It's like you know we really we really should be. I, I told them that you could just focus on credit card debt until it comes down to like eight hundred billion or seven hundred billion dollars because it's such a big problem. And I think this sort of approach is novel and it's it's a win win. And I think it really. I think it prevents those people from, you know, some, some people obviously take out a personal loan and then go back into debt. I think Tally will help stop that kind of behavior. And I think that will be a great thing for the consumer. Anyway, on that note, I will sign off. I very much appreciate you listening and I'll catch you next time. Bye. Today's show was sponsored by Lendit Fintech USA 2019, the world's leading event in financial services innovation. It's coming up on April 8th through 9th, 2019 at Moscone West in San Francisco. Registration is now open and we're also taking speaker applications. You can find out more by going to lendit.com slash USA.